Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. We're off to the Isle of Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, where we're joined by Jane uh, Pickett. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. And you, you are very welcome. Let's get straight into uh, questions. There was a question in, because I know I came in in the middle of the competition on, and I pasted and copied it from Finbar. Pet question for Jane, please. A 10-year-old Jack Russell, um, been washed, I put a spot on on, but she keeps scratching. I'm wondering, could the dog have hay fever? Because I've noticed she seems to scratch more whenever she's out anywhere near grass. Is it possible to give her an antihistamine? Okay, so this is an interesting one. I'm really topical this time of year. I'm um, so well done on getting the basics sorted, a good wash and a, a good kind of comprehensive spot on to cover for parasites. I think it is certainly worth entertaining the idea that it could be a grass allergy. So similar to hay fever in humans, there's lots of pollens out at the moment, uh, be they grass or other trees, leaves that are out. So there's a lot of potential environmental irritants out there that some some poor little cats and dogs might be a little bit sensitive to. If you notice that the signs are worse after they've been playing around in grass, then it may be the grass or it might be something in that area. Antihistamines are something we can sometimes use in our pets, but only do it under the direction of your own vet who knows your pet's weight, can give you an appropriate dose. What I will say is that antihistamines like we would have in humans, they're not really designed for pets in the same way. So that's why I say make sure you check with your vet first. Um, there are a lot of better things that we can use for allergies in our dogs and cats. So things that have been tried and tested and we know are really, really safe in our pets. And we know exactly what dose they need to improve their symptoms of allergy, for example, itching, scratching, irritation of the skin. So there are a lot of better drugs out there than, let's say, the classic human antihistamine that you or I would take if we had hay fever. Um, so it is worth checking with your vet. It may be the case, though. If you are having kind of a, a, an increase in signs when they've been near grass, yes, it is most likely a grass allergy or something like that. But look, keep an open mind. The common things are common. So it sounds like you've covered off well for any parasites. That's great. But other things like a bacterial infection of the skin or even a yeast overgrowth can look very, very similar and sometimes don't show a lot of outward signs on the skin unless you go digging right into the skin surface to have a little look. And a trained eye of a vet will be able to see that. So I think well done on getting started with taking steps towards a solution. But I think the next step would really be to visit your vet and have a discussion with them. Discuss, you know, whether you want to use antihistamines and as I say only under veterinary direction you should do that um, but there are a lot of better solutions out there that are a little bit more effective in our pets to help them out during this time of the year if they do have an allergy. Okay Margaret is highlighting the fact that kitten season is in full swing and is wondering do you or does anybody else know of any scheme uh, trap, neuter and release for feral cats I know there's a group in West uh, Cork uh, do it are, are there many such groups around Jane would you be aware of any? There, 
There, there are a few. Um, to be honest, there are a few. Some very long-standing ones. There's also some that kind of, some that kind of seem to come and go. Um, ask your own vet in your local area because they'll probably be aware of the ones that are active near around you. Um, and I suppose if, if let's say there is a large population of feral cats nearby you, um, and you're concerned about that, you could always maybe perhaps give the give the ISPCA a ring. It may not necessarily be an advanced welfare issue, but if they can't help help out with it, they would know the let's say trap neuter release schemes that are active in your area um, and may be able to direct you towards the contacts towards that so it's quite I suppose location specific but definitely there are some around neutering of cats is really really essential we have a massive 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 feral cat population in this country um, and it's something that I suppose really needs managing going forward so if you do have I suppose your own pet cat or cats that live around your house and are, are yours getting them, Get neutered, them neutered whether they're boys yeah. or girls is yeah. really really important from both sides yeah and is, is this is this kitten season it is it seems to be, yeah. yeah, kind of early summer seems to be the time when yeah. they all come out. You know, lots of cats will give birth all year, you know, at any point all year round. And cats, even one cat has, you know, the, popu- the, the, the possibility of creating essentially through down through, let's say, their, their daughters and sons, thousands yeah. of cats um, as, as kind of the, the cat population grows. So really every single cat that is neutered or castrated really does make a big, big, big difference. OK, well said. OK, a, a question. Five year old collie dog uh, eating grass sometimes gets sick after eating the grass, uh, not doing it all the time. But when it, when they eat the grass, they get sick, wondering, are they lacking in something? Why would they be looking to eat grass? Uh, well fit and healthy otherwise well fit and healthy okay so that's a good start as long as we're otherwise well in ourselves um, and the vomiting seems to be just after the grass very infrequent grass eating is a really interesting behavior um, so sometimes it may be that the pet knows that they've eaten something that's making them feel unwell and they're eating grass because they know that'll make them vomit. They're quite clever in that way. Um, but interestingly, we know from some recent research that grass eating in its own right can actually be a behavioural habit. So it is a little bit interesting. So some cat, some dogs um, and cats, mainly dogs, get a taste for grass or a taste for the texture of grass and will eat it habitually. It seems to be quite a harmless behaviour and to be honest, is usually not associated with being lacking in something, lacking in a nutrient or mineral. So the word for lacking in a nutrient or mineral and eating strange objects that they wouldn't normally is a behaviour called pica. Um, normally in dogs and cats, it's exceedingly, exceedingly rare. As long as they're fed a, a kind of a usual complete diet, they'll usually have everything they need. If you have concerns about your pet, of course, visit your vet. But if he sounds like he's otherwise well in himself, I'd maybe suggest, and bear with me here, a vomiting diary. <laughs> so keep yeah. track of when the vomiting is occurring, because although it may just seem like once in a blue moon and just after after grass, and you know that happens to a lot of dogs, um, I would say that if you notice that it's becoming more frequent or a pattern that even if your pet seems well, they really need to go to the vet for a checkup just in case. OK, and thanks to Breed in Mallow, who said she went into her local vet in Mallow, Acorn Vet, and they actually have a number of the North Cork cat protection who do trap, neuter and release. So your advice was right is to is to go locally. Uh, Caroline is in Skibbereen, a two year old uh, cat came in as a stray, fine and healthy. However, lately. Her fur was starting to fall off on her back. Now on close examination, there seems to be a bit of a wound uh, there. She's an indoor cat. She's not outside a lot. No idea how it happened or what's going on. Could it be an allergy? What could be going on here? Okay, so there's a number of possibilities. Um, 
if, if let's say it was an area where it was balding and now there appears to be a wound underneath, it may be self-inflicted. So it is possible that if a pet is itchy enough, be that due to parasites or a bacterial infection or a yeast overgrowth in the skin or even an allergy, any cause of itching, if they're really, really, really itchy, they can sometimes cause themselves self-trauma and create a wound. Um, so that is possible. Even though your cat doesn't go outside all of the time and is mainly an indoor cat, I wouldn't rule out the possibility that they may have gotten to the wars with another another cat outside. Cat bite abscesses, particularly at this time of year, are really, really common and hair loss over them and a wound underneath is, is the most common kind of presenting um, arrangement that we would see. So don't rule out the fact that it might have happened outside, even if they're mainly indoors, if they do have any access to the outside. I'd say regardless of what it was, you need to check with the vet. So this little pet needs a check up with the vet to assess the wound. If it is just genuinely a traumatic wound from something that's happened outside or a cat bite abscess, they may or may not need treatment for it, depending on the situation. But your vet is the best person to to know that looking at the wound in the flesh and examining your pet. If it is, let's say, self-inflicted due to um, some degree of itchiness on the skin from any of those underlying causes or even stress, then your vet will be able to dig in to tackle well, what's the exact underlying cause and be able to target the treatment properly at that to help your pet out. OK, and Tom has a Jack Russell, four years of age. A lump has appeared on its back leg. Now, it wasn't hit by anything as all of a sudden this lump has appeared. They are planning on taking him to the vet, but they're wondering, would you have any idea of what it might be? A bit nervous about going for fear that it's bad news. A lump on the back leg. Lump on the back leg. Look, it could be a lot of things. It could just be a simple swelling. It could be an abscess or an infection. Or it could be, I suppose, a little growth. So growths generally fall into two categories, benign, harmless, or sometimes, I suppose, more sinister, cancerous lumps. What I will say to you is I completely empathise with the nervousness with going to the vet. Nobody wants bad news. And I suppose if we kind of close our eyes and pretend it's not happening, you know, there's a certain sense Mm. of comfort in that. But I really commend you for making that appointment with your vet. You know, it's really important. These days, there's so much we can do for our pets, even if it is bad news, even if it were to be worst case scenario, a cancerous lump. There's actually a huge amount of, of things that we can do for our pets from surgery to chemotherapy. So if it is bad news, hopefully it's not. Hopefully it's one of the less sinister problems then you know speak to your vet about the options um because there are a lot of things we can do to help out most pets in those it's situations so, all right listen yeah. jane thank you for that enjoy your week and we'll talk to you next thursday brilliant thank thanks you, for joining us uh, jane pickett of the islandwood veterinary hospital in newmarket part of the mill street veterinary group